Dynasty Podcast is proud to present Grammy U Off the Record, how blogs influence the music industry. Presented here as a live podcast recorded at the Chicago Grammy U office on November 22nd, 2013. My name is Haima Black. I host Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. What follows is my Grammy U interview with Andrew Barber of Fakeshore Drive. All right, cool. Um, so yeah, thank you guys, everyone, for coming out. Like Ramon said, my name is Haima Black. I host Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. We are a music industry podcast series. Thank you so much to Grammy U for having us here today. And I am joined by a veteran of this podcast, really good guy, a guy who knows Chicago music inside and out and has been working the blog game for years, Andrew Barber from Fakeshore Drive. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you. I mean, I've, you know, <laughs> I, I think this is like my fifth time on the show, so it's, I feel very comfortable with you. So, so. You are like the Steve Martin to Dynasty <laughs> Podcast SNL in terms of hosting. Um, I've, I've been on a few times, so, you know, this is, this is going to be painless. Yeah, man. And you're, you're, the, you're so much the guy to talk to for this. Um, like Ramon said at the intro here, it is part of Grammy U's Off the Record series, and uh, the discussion is titled How Blogs Influence the music industry, which, you know, Fakeshore Drive, really, you and your brand can speak to that. So let's kind of start at the beginning, um, even though I, I think you and I have covered this before, but for everyone in the room, how did you kind of get your start in music blogging? Well, I started Fakeshore Drive, it just turned six years old this year, so um, we, we celebrated our six-year anniversary in October, and, you know, at the time, there weren't, there wasn't any music blog, there was no, like, rap blog or anything like that in Chicago, but... I was reading them. I was. I had just graduated from college, and I was at my job. I didn't. I was didn't really care for my job. It was kind of boring. You know, I was fresh out of college, where it's a lot different than all of a sudden you're. You know, you're thrown in the real world. And my passion was always in music. I always wanted to work in music. When I was before my senior year, I interned at Q101, where you also are an alumni. It's the uh, former alternative rock station, for right? Doesn't Which I'm not into alternative rock, but I had sure. a family friend that worked there, and they got me a gig. And it was so a good I, place to get music experience. Yeah, no, yeah. And I worked yeah. for Mancow, and you know, I kind of saw a little bit of the business, but that was like, um, you know, the radio side. And mm -hmm. I, I, after that, I went back to my senior year, and I had a radio show. But I never really wanted to be in radio too much. I kind of always wanted to be like an A&R or be a president of a label or own a label or, you know, help develop artists. Like, I've always been a fan of hip-hop since I was, you know, eight, nine years old. Um, and that was what I wanted to do. But at the time, there wasn't, like, an easy way to get in the industry. I mean, you guys have it a lot, you know, it's a lot easier for you guys to make connections and get internships places and reach out to people on the Internet. Because, you know, when I was in college... Um, I'm not going to date myself, but this will date me. But a couple months ago, a couple months ago, a couple <laughs> years ago, um, you, there was no Twitter, there was no Facebook, there was no YouTube, there was there was none of that stuff. So, like, if you wanted to try to reach out to somebody at a label, you had to like send it to a dummy email address that you would find on their website, like info at jiverecords.com. And come on, nobody's ever going to check that. Nobody's <laughs> ever looking at that. Um, or you had to fax it. So I used to go to Kinko's, like, during, like, after class, between classes, and just fax my, you know, to everywhere. Like, I was sent it to No Limit, Cash Money, Rockefeller, <laughs> any label I could think. Of course, I never got one phone call back, nothing. So the radio thing was, like, my first kind of foray into the music business. But then when you graduate, you know, I, it's like, all right, the game's over. Now you got to get a job. Um, so I had to, you know, had to get a job. So I took a job in advertising uh, sales, which 
Um, it was cool. It was a good gig. You know, it ended up being, you know, uh, working out well. But my heart was always in music. And at the time, that's when music blogs kind of just started popping up. And um, people were reading them. And I, I was a big fan of it. I was into it. And just for a couple of years, I was just watching what they were writing about. And eventually it was like, man, this is nothing that I can't do. You know, I, had, I wasn't a trained writer or anything like that. I wasn't an English major in college. I, I, you know, I, I was just decent. Um, I just started, you know reading a lot and I said nah, what these guys are doing I can do easily and um eventually I just started writing about it one day and I just kind of decided to focus on Chicago because at the time in Chicago if you weren't Kanye Common Lupe or Twista which I you know like to say that they are the uh, Mount Rushmore of Chicago yeah. rap I mean it's a good analogy um so if you weren't one of them, you weren't getting any national coverage. And I was going to all these shows, and there was all this stuff happening. You know, the cool kids were popping, Kid Sister, Bump J, Mickey Hall. So there was all these guys that were kind of around, but they weren't getting any major promotion. So I just started writing about them. And it, was, it started off very, very slow and small, but, you know, and kept working at it and worked at it every day and have been working at it every day. Here we are, you know, six and a half years later. So When it was early on, when you were writing about talent that you knew – there was it was really strong talent like you, you know, like you're talking about cool kids kids sis like people like this but it was this really uphill climb you know did it ever occur to you like this is not sustainable like i don't know if i should keep doing this because am i just kind of like driving um, with the car with the parking brake on right yeah i mean it it, it you know it <laughs> i remember having you know weeks where i'd get like 100 hits in yeah. in a week like 100 people the whole week would come to my website you know so you know, it's tough, but you really just have to love it in order to, because I've seen many people start websites or start blogs and they, they do them for like a month or a week or six months and it doesn't like blow up and they get frustrated and they quit. I mean, very few people in any industry, you know, not blogging, music, business, whatever, very few people are able to like just blow up overnight. You know, that, that's lightning in a bottle. That's a lot of luck. I mean, a lot of hard work and, you know, blood, sweat and tears and sacrifice has to go into it. And luckily, you know, um, I was able to, to make this work. But it, it's a tough thing, man. You got to work really hard. You really have to love what you do. Because if it, you just kind of casually, you know, are into it, it's not going to last. and You're not going to do it. But it didn't seem sustainable. I just started it as a hobby. And, you know, even if I wasn't able to do it as a full-time job, I would still be, you know, just doing it as a hobby because I loved it. Now, you know, for anybody who's either in the room or even listening, going like, Dude, it's not construction in the summertime. How hard can it be? You know, like it's, you know, just, just get a WordPress or a Tumblr, throw up a picture, write two paragraphs, and then post a SoundCloud. That's not that hard. How much work goes into it that people aren't able to, like, visualize when they see the end product? Yeah, I mean, you have to live it. I mean, it, it's a, it's a, it becomes a lifestyle. I mean, it's, it's part of you. I mean, it's, it's your brand. And, and, you know, once you are able to build a brand, like, it's not like, you know, from the beginning, you're building a brand, you're just kind of starting to something to see if it works. And gradually, you see that it is working and things change and you hit different milestones that you might have set for yourself. But it's, you know, like I said, at the time when I started, I was working a full time job, I was doing advertising sales for FX, the television network. 
So I had a full-time job where I was from 9 to 5 every day. Most days it was more like, you know, 8.30 to 7 o'clock. And then I was doing that, and I would work on it during the day a little bit. But then, you know, I had to work during then. And so I would do it all night, and I would do it night. And at night I would go to concerts. So I was, you know, I was like living a double life basically. You know, I was wearing a suit to work during the day and then putting on Jordans and going to a rap show at night. So it was a very, it was a very different thing. And I, it was, um, you know, it's pretty much nonstop. Yeah. It's, it's, it, and it, like I said, if, if you don't, if you're not into it and you don't completely love it and you're not willing to risk it, like, you know, some people don't, they want to go out with their friends or they want to do this, but instead of doing that and going off and goofing around, like I would have to stay home and work and you do have to sacrifice a lot and yeah. your social life might suffer, your love life might suffer, but you know, if you really love it and you believe in it and you know, the people around you are supportive, you know, that, that, that's most important. You know, how have you seen music blogging as a platform, you know, evolve since you started out? Because now, you know, if you are a notable blogger, that carries some weight. But I remember when there was very much a time where if you were like, I'm a blogger, people would be like, that's adorable. You know, (laughs) it definitely thought you were a dork. Like, it was not like a a sexy, (laughs) it was not a sexy thing to do. It was like, oh, you're a blogger? Cool. And a lot of people still are like that. I mean, it, it kind of still is a struggle. You know, it's... You know, the two most traditional forms of media are TV and radio. And, you know, a lot of brands and companies and people are still, you know, struggling with digital and struggling with blogs. But, like, you know, it, that, in my opinion, it is, it is the future, and, it, and it's proven that. I mean, it's, you know, the radio and TV are still very important, but the blogs are, are, are a different thing. And, you know, I think a lot of people um, attempt to, to create blogs, but, you know, you have to really have um, a focus and you gotta, you know, can't be, you know, super scatterbrained with what you're doing. You need to be really, you know, focused on what you do. And you can make something from it, but, you know, it, it is tough and it is an uphill battle. And I had to get, you know, the door shut in my face a lot of times and I was told no a lot of times. And it, it can be very discouraging. And I think that's why a lot of people start blogs or start websites and then they get frustrated and quit because you're not gonna be backstage at the concert you know, the, within the first year of starting the blog, you know, you're going to be begging people for press passes for shows and you're going to get turned down and people aren't going to respond to you. I mean, it takes a long time for people to give you a chance or care about what you do. So, um, you know, be, you gotta have thick skin and you gotta be able to be told no. And a lot of people have problems with that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something I'm really interested in. This wasn't in my list of questions, but I, I know so much what you're talking about. Like, how do you deal with that when you're hearing no so much, especially when, from your point of view, you're like, let me come give you coverage. Like, I'm taking yeah, time out of my day. Right. I'm using my gas. I'm paying for parking. Let me come <laughs> write about you. And people are like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, I think now people see a lot of value in it. Because right. when I do concerts now and I have shows and stuff, like, I'll get a press. Somebody will do the press list and I'll get a press list of and there's a hundred outlets on their blogs and stuff I've never even heard of. You know, it's like people just that are on Instagram that want to come and cover your show, like as, as press. It's like, yo, I'm like a famous Instagram person. Can I come take pictures? Um, yeah, I'm Snapchat famous. But you have to, right. <laughs> but I mean, you do have to recognize some of this stuff as the future. And if people are good at that, of course you want to, you know, put value in that. People laughed at me at first when, when, when I would come. So, you know, now I see a lot more people um, embracing that and, and a lot of, you know, people now, like I remember just trying to reach out to record labels and nobody would respond back to me. You know, like a TI is in town and I would hit 10 different Atlantic Records reps and not one of them would respond to me. Now I can't get them to leave me alone. 
<laughs> you, you need know. you need the dummy email. Yeah, right. Info at and so now, like product. you know, it used to be I was ch- and, and that's kind of how it is. You know, at first I was chasing everyone, and now they're kind of chasing me, which is is a weird type of feeling. But you know, it, it takes a long time to get there, and it's not just it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, it can, but it very rarely doesn't happen overnight. And I know we've kind of covered this a little bit already so far, just since we began. And the obvious answer is because it's a lot of work, but. You know, a lot of music blogs, whether they're smaller or, you know, maybe they're halfway through, kind of like medium level, or even some of the bigger ones, a lot of them just drop off. There's mm-hmm. no warning. Yeah. It's just one day somebody decides this is too much work or they don't have time. Why do you think that there's all of these kind of like abandoned blogs? It, it reminds like a, yeah. me of The Walking Dead <laughs> when you see all the cars on the road where someone just left it there. Right. It just, it, just, it, just, it just died. It's just right. there. It's like when you find it like a hidden city or something. Yeah. Um, and it's you just go to the site and it's just last post was you know October seventh two thousand seven and, <laughs> yeah. and it's like this is yeah I think a lot of, you know for a lot of people things get real you know you have real life issues you have to uh, you know you might have a kid or you might have to go you know get a real job or you don't have time to do it anymore it just doesn't become important to you anymore you know with with hip hop and, and and that it it was always in my blood and. It, no matter what, I was going to be per- trying to participate in it, and, and somehow, you know, um, I, I loved it. I, I always wanted to be a part of it, but, um, you know, a lot of people, whether it be they have real-life issues, they don't have time to do it anymore, or they lose interest, or some people, like I said, they get frustrated because they think that it's, you know, well, I should be VIP at a Kanye show by now. Or I've whatever. been doing this nine months. How yeah, long is it going to take? Right, exactly, and they get frustrated or, you know, you know, some people may not be comfortable in doing people. Oh, that's a dorky. Well, you're a dork. Why are you doing that? You know, you kind of, you, you definitely have to have thick skin because people will attack you. How much ego do you have to swallow? And I'm not talking about like you specifically, but I see, you know, like on Twitter, I'll see like a new, uh, newer writer, a newer like photographer. And they're like, I got shot out of the warp tour. I can't believe they don't want me in the warp tour. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> you've been doing this for four months. Right. You know, like how much do you have to scale that back to be able to, enter this and, and be kind of humble in your approach. I think you should, in anything, I mean, you know, just of my age and experience and, and just doing things just in life in general, not just the blog, it's like you need to be humble and, you know, be appreciative of where you are. If, if you have some success, I mean, be super thankful and be thankful that people support you and, you know, be happy that you have an audience and people care about you and be nice to people that helped you. Because you didn't do it. I mean, you could think as much you did this on your own, but you didn't. I mean, people helped you. And, you know, it'd be, I'm just always very thankful. And I try not to burn bridges or attack. Like, that's why you never see me, like, arguing with people on Twitter or dissing people. Or, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. And I, I think it's kind of bad for business if you do. I mean, I, I, you don't want to burn bridges because you might have to walk across them, you know, sometimes. So I think a lot of times, you know, people have egos and they don't want to swallow their pride, but that's just part of business and anything that you do. I mean, for the most part, unless you work for yourself, you're always going to have a boss and there's always going to be somebody above you. Even if you do work for yourself, there's somebody that you work with that is your boss. And you know, you're, you may not like everything they tell you, but you know, sometimes you have to swallow your pride for the greater good of your brand. I mean, you know, Kanye can go on stage and you know, say, whatever say, say whatever the hell he wants and yeah. don't do this and screw the major, uh, major companies and, and big companies and Nike and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, not everybody's afforded that luxury. You know, he's one of the most famous people on the planet. But, you know, when you get to that level, yeah, you can kind of be kind of cocky. But, you know. But until you're like Kanye or Bill Murray, basically, everybody else, you got to look. Yeah, right. You know, and, and, you know, just I'm happy that I get to do what I love. And I feel like I never have to work a day in my life. 
because I love what I do. And I don't wake up every morning with anxiety having to go to a job that I hate. So I'm just thankful that I'm able to do this. So I'm, I, I try to be um, as appreciative as, as possible for everything. Now, some, I mean, along the lines of what you're talking about right now, because um, this is something that I know you know about and I know that we see, how small is the music community in Chicago, the creative community in Chicago, and even outside of Chicago? Like, I feel like, A, Chicago's a small industry to begin with. Even though it's a big city, it's a small, tight-knit industry. Everyone knows everyone. Yeah, and now, yeah, yeah, yeah. with social media, everyone knows everyone. So, like, yeah. if you, I mean, how does your reputation carry for better or for worse? I mean, I, I think it's, some of the mystique is gone. You know, when I was younger, high school, college, whatever, you know, the only way, I mean, there were, the, as the internet was, that was when the internet was, you know, climbing. It wasn't, there wasn't Twitter, and there wasn't. And so you kind of had an imagination of who the artists were. So when you would listen to an album like The Chronic, and you didn't, you'd only seen, like, Snoop Dogg on UMTV Raps or, on, you know, BT Rap City. That's it. And those were the images that were stuck in your head. So you kind of had to build an imagination about, excuse me, who these people are and what they are. And they seemed larger than life. But now with a lot of artists that you see, they're on Twitter and they're just like ridiculous. And it's like, I don't, you know, I, th this person is an asshole. You know what I mean? And I think I'll, that can be a turnoff. Some of the mystique is, is gone. And I think, you know, as great, it's a gift and the curse. I mean, it's one of the, the good or bad things about technology now is that, you know, now you have a lot more access to information. You have a lot more access to people's music, you know, because back in the day when you bought a CD for 20 bucks, you were stuck with it until you made another 20 bucks <laughs> to buy another one. So if it sucked, you had to listen to you it. You got to like and it whether you like it or you had not. To like, you had to figure out a couple of songs that you would like on there because you were stuck with it until you got another 20 bucks. You know, now you could just go on Spotify for free and listen to everybody's everything. Right. You know what I mean? So you are blessed with that kind of um, information and technology, but at the same time, kind of some of the mystique and, 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 and mystery of the music industry are gone because you can just see people that you might have liked 20 years ago because you didn't see them and you didn't have to listen to them, you know, post nudes on Twitter all day or whatever, they, you know, Instagram or whatever, you know. So it's a, it's a different thing, but, it, you know, it's a, you know. And I feel occurs. like reputation carries really yeah. far right now. Yeah. You know, like what you do on Twitter doesn't just live there. Yeah. It affects how people and it's there. Well, it's there forever. Yeah. It's there forever. I mean, you know, you can delete a tweet, but somebody probably screen capped it. And and people and that that feeds into people's impression and interpretation of you. I mean, the, the greater you, not you mm -hmm. specific, but and even whether it's accurate or not, it's like I, I talk to a lot of like, or I see a lot of younger artists or like younger industry where they don't really realize that their behavior, whether in like an actual physical room or online, impacts how people see them. And you yeah. know, people who don't take care of that kind of um, impression they don't last very long no and you know even in the six years that i've been doing this i've seen a lot of people come and go a lot of people that were you know at the time their future was so bright they were wearing their shades right then and they were they were they were doing it they were living life and it's like now they're back to square one and they're they're begging people that they shit on at you know on their upswing that they were like i don't need them i don't need this person and you know, now, now they're begging for assistance. So I think a lot of people, you know, the music industry is very fickle. It's probably the most fickle of any industry. The average shelf life of an artist is like three to five years, if you're even lucky enough to get through the door. I mean, it, it, you have a better chance now of, you know, 
making it to an NBA team or NFL team than you do becoming a professional artist in music and having a major label record deal and obviously coming out. I mean, what, the NFL drafts how many people every... I mean, they draft <laughs> 20 people to their team every year or whatever. I, I don't know. And you multiply that by 15 teams or whatever. I mean, I, I'm not right. a sports guy, so I don't know. But and then there's, there's like a lot more people that are going to the big leagues than there are in the music business. Yeah. You know, and it's tough. And you can be hot one day and you can be... You could do something stupid and you can be very cold the next. I mean... Like that. It's fickle. People will turn on you. So it, it, it is a cold industry. So, you know, count your blessings. Now, looking at the blog scene, you know, um, like let's say somebody in the audience here, someone listening at home, or just anybody decided like today, you know, end of November 2013, they want to start a blog, whether it's a hip hop blog or, you know, just some kind of music blog. Is it too late? Is it too late to do it because there's already so many hip hop blogs? There's already so many music blogs. There's already you know, Consequence of Sound or Pitchfork or, you know, Big Shore Drive. Yeah, I mean, that, and, I, and I've had this conversation with people before. I mean, is it easier to start your own or is it easier to join a team and make that team stronger? Um, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of times people want to be the chief. People don't want to be Indians, which, you know, good or bad. I think, you know, the, the generations of today, millennials or whatever, are taught to be entrepreneurs and to follow their dreams, which is very good. I, and I'm all for that. And I support anybody that's following their dreams. But at the same time, if you see a team that's good and you go, you know, I, I think I could be an asset to that team. At least let me go try it out for a little while. I mean, the, the market is completely saturated right now. If you wanted to go try, if you were, if your goal was to start a national hip hop blog, I would say don't do it. Why? Because the market is super saturated. But if you lived in Atlanta and you said, well, I kind of want to do the fake short drive of Atlanta and you want to focus on that market, I would say absolutely. You know, you need to, you could absolutely start a blog, but it needs to be um, not necessarily hyper local, but it needs to be f super focused on something. You know, maybe you're just going to cover um, a certain thing or a certain city or a certain sound or a certain region. But just trying to compete with, with everybody, I mean, you've got, you know, Not Right, you've got Rap Radar, you've got Two Dope Boys, you've got Complex, you've got... Fit. I mean, you're, you, you got... It goes on. It goes on and on and yeah. on and on. But, you know, sometimes people are always looking for help. I'm always looking for help. Other blogs are always looking for help. The hardest thing to do is find good help or people. And, and, and a lot of times it's good to say, hey, you know what? Maybe you could help mentor me. Maybe you could help teach me a few things. And in turn, you know, I, I would love to help, you know, blog for you. Or, or help write, and then you can learn the knowledge, and then if you decide you want to go out and, and, and go do something else, you can. I mean, I've had people that have come work for me or come and intern for me that are now, you know, pretty recognized music directors. Um, you know, a couple guys that used to write for me now both work at Complex. So it, it's, just, it's just cool to see. I mean, I did years working at Q101 Radio. The first couple as an intern, and then the rest I was working there, you know, legit. But... All of that informed what we've been able to do on Dynasty Podcasts. Mm -hmm. And if I had interned there for a year, and then I'd be like, I'm above this. I'm over it. Yeah. I wouldn't have gone anywhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I worked for a lot of years for free. I did a free internship. I had no problem. I was happy. to. That's why I can't believe people are, like, suing these companies now for, you know, having free internships. I was happy to do anything for free. Yeah. You know? Like, I would have, like, to Diddy had the, the kids walk to Brooklyn for the milk. I would have happily have done that <laughs> to work for, you know what I mean? Just to have a break. And, you know, sometimes you got to swallow your pride and do that. But I'd be happy. Be happy with the opportunity. If somebody gives you an opportunity and it's something that you want to do and you're passionate about, take it, run with it, never look back. Yeah, absolutely. Take those opportunities because a lot of people are given opportunities and they don't do anything with them. Yeah. 
you know, and, and, and it's so true. It's like, that is how you get ahead. Nobody's just handed, you know, FaceTrawDrive.com at a million visitors a week or whatever it is. And that's where you start out in week one. You've got to like climb the stairs. Yeah. I mean, you, it takes, it takes a long time and it, it's a lot of ups and downs. It's, it's tough. It's, it's a lot of work, but you know, it can be accomplished. But for anybody wanting to start a blog now, I would say, um, absolutely. You know, but but focus and make sure you you want to do it, and you're going to put in all your effort, or you're going to go learn from somebody that's really good, and then you know you take that and go do something else with it. Yeah, and feel like I feel like a fill a void that hasn't been filled yet. Right. Instead of yeah. trying to be fake, the next fake will drive in Chicago, be the site that's covering the folk scene in Chicago. Right. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. 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 You know, so uh, kind of along the same lines, what do you do when there's already a dozen sites mirroring? all the same content and not just fake short, but like, you know, like for example, like if there's a new chance, the rapper video, that's going to get posted on a million sites. Right. If there's new arcade fire tour dates. It's going to be everywhere. So how do you stand out in an age where now, even just with the pre-existing big players, they're all kind of like eating from the same buffet table, you know? Definitely. And a lot of people are eating in Chicago now, you know? Yeah. So a lot of people <laughs> are vying for the exclusives or whatever that I used to get, you know? So it's not, it's not we're like, oh, yeah, we well, guarantee we're going to give it to Fake Show Drive. It's like, you know, there's a lot of competition now for that. But I have great relationships with, you know, most of the artists that I post. And, you know, um, that is cool. And, but, a, but a posting of a video is only going to get you so far. I mean... Sometimes the, the blog, and I think the best way I can kind of describe this, it's kind of like the major, major label, um, you know, major record label, where you post a lot of things that do a little, you, 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 you know, you put out a few things that do, that do okay, but then you have the big guys that do all the numbers that make sure that you're good, you know? So it's like a label, they'll put out a few projects, some might do okay, you might have one that goes gold, but then you're going to put out M&M that's going to sell $8 million or whatever, sure. which is going to take care and pay everybody's salary for the year. <laughs> so, you know, you have this certain artist that are guaranteed going to do the traffic. You know, Chance, he's going to do his numbers. Right. Kanye, anytime you could, you know, Kanye anytime farts Kanye in a box anything. and it's, good, it's doing numbers. Yeah. It, people are clicking on it, and that's going to do a lot of numbers, farts in a box, believe me. <laughs> um, so, you know, you have some certain people that are going to do and have the attention and that's going to happen. But then you're going to have people that you might just like personally that they don't, maybe they may not get the traffic, but you have a, you think that their stuff's pretty good and you're going to support them, you know, and hope that more people catch on and start paying attention. Um, but then it's also coming up with, you know, creative content because content is king and, and the you know, new currency, man. I yeah. mean, content's everything. Yeah. 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 So I think, you know, one of the things that I was able to do, especially last year was when, you know, I was the first person to post, almost all of the artists that got record deals last year. I mean, as far as hip hop is concerned. So when they got their record deals, I said, okay, you're giving me the exclusive interview. And they were like, done. Most of them were just calling me like, yo, let's do the interview. I just signed the deal. Boom. Here you go. So it's like, you know, just knowing that I have the relationships with people because, you know, relationships are very important and it very much is, you know, who, you know, and we're and you know, that is so much on my list of stuff we're going to talk about is the relationships. And I want to get into that in a bit. Let's talk about kind of the age we're in right now, you know, where I think more people than ever are creating content. And when I say content, I mean anything like Instagram pictures, yeah. Snapchats, yeah. blog posts, just anything digital. More people than ever are creating content. And I think less people than ever have time for it. So how do you, <laughs> in an age where three years ago, I think that you could sit down and read the four or five blogs you liked every day because you're like, where else am I going to get this? Now I feel like people go on Twitter or even Facebook, they see what the headline is or something. Yeah, and they and click on it. And they're just like, 
okay, I know what the headline is. There's a new Vic Mensa video. Yeah, right. Like, I don't have to watch. If I don't right. really care. So like, but you're just gonna click on a dumb BuzzFeed link. You know you oh are. You know you're gonna get sucked into one. Upworthy, of those. yeah. So like, how do you get, you know, people to remain engaged with the site and actually really digest your content in an age where people just kind of skim headlines yeah, on Twitter? Yeah, it's tough because there, there's so much competition for, you know, what, um, for eyeballs. There's Facebook. There's Twitter. Instagram. And then your hundreds of other blogs, you know, you might, you like a rap blog, but then you're also going to a sports blog and then you've got a, there's so, it, it's hard. So, you know, what, what I recommend is, you know, just knowing your audience. I mean, it's impossible to know exactly who your audience is, but looking at analytics is so important. And I'm like very anal about analytics and that could be the title of a book, <laughs> but I look at everything. What, what are people searching to get to my site? What are they spending the most time on? Who's the most... What is what? What are people leaving the page after they see? What is bringing them there? Who are they searching? Who is getting the most traffic? I mean, I look at all of that, and it's very important to see what works and what doesn't. So if you see that such and such is working, then you you're probably going to want to start covering them a little bit more and giving them you know more attention because obviously there is an audience for this that cares that is coming to your site looking for it. So it's it's really about keeping your audience engaged. Yeah. And, and, you know, being a part of a community. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, at least Fake Shore Drive has been successful in is, is um, being a part of the community. I mean, we're very much a part of the hip-hop community here and what's going on. So, you know, a lot of times it's other rappers checking up on other rappers <laughs> or people that want to be rappers checking up on what's going on. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a community-based thing. You know, and, and along the same lines, let's talk about audience engagement. Like, how do you... Yeah. And, and the Fake Short Drive brand engage with your audience, with your readers, with the people visiting your site, with the people who want to get posted. Like, how does that communication happen, and how do you cater to them? Um, you know, it's it's doing other things. It's you know, it's you know, talking to people on Twitter or you know, on Facebook, or you know, if people ask you for different questions or different things of advice, helping them, you know, and and, and giving back or going to speak to people or doing events. I mean, I think a lot of times the event side of things has, has helped out a lot. You know, we did a deal with. Red Bull last year, we're going to be doing it again this year, where we do concerts, we partner with them for concerts, you know, they have us curate shows, we did a big one at South By, and then we had three here throughout the year, so it's just doing that and, and giving people, you know, fun, free, ch or cheap events. You know, we're having our six-year anniversary party with Juggernaut um, on, you know, December 6th, plug, plug, um, but... Um, you know, and everybody's welcome to come, but, you know, but it's cheap and it's a, and it's a safe alternative to what, you know, other things that they can be doing you know, come have a good time. It's cheap to get in. We're not making any money on this. We just got to pay for the venue type of thing, you know, and, and just always trying to give back and have, you know, something cool and cutting edge for them to do. And I mean, it's so important. I don't know that everybody knows that because not anybody, but a lot of people can have a blog yeah. and then some people can have a successful blog or a successful presence online. But if you don't have that real-world component where you do events like this where we've been very lucky yeah. to be welcomed in here. And, I mean, we, I've seen that on Dynasty Podcasts. There were years where we were just kind of hold down, putting out sometimes like nine podcasts a week. We weren't doing a, going out in the live space. Then we started doing more live events, and it's been like night or day, the audience engagement and the Yeah, no, people reaction. are a lot more engaged. And you want to, you know, it's more than just a computer screen. And for oh, a long yeah. time, I, you know, kind of, I wanted to remain in the background. And it still is all about the brand first, but you got to give people other things that they, they might be interested in, you know, tangible or intangible, but, you know, make it more of just a blog because to, to sustain it and to, for me to continue to do this full time. And 
I, I have a full-time employee, Ty Kidd. He's, you know, my right-hand man. I got to make sure he's good. I got to make sure I'm good. So we got we to gotta work hard, and you have to do a lot of different things. I mean, this is not an average job where you get a paycheck every two weeks. You know what I mean? It's not where you have benefits taken care of. It's the 401K. It's a lot, it's a lot different. You know, you you're hustling. HR yeah. at Fake Shore Drive. Right. There's no HR department <laughs> at Fake Shore Drive. It's just me and Ty. That's it. Yeah. You know, and a few other people that have contributed writing-wise, but... You know, it's really just, it's a two-man show, and and we're, you know, you eat what you kill, yeah. pretty much. So you're you're hustling, man. It's, it's you know, you eat what, you, like I said, you eat what you kill, so you got to work your ass off. Let's talk about, though, the business side, because Fake yeah. Shore Drive is a business. Dynasty Podcast is a business, and these are, I don't want to speak for you, on my end, it's a business that I am every day still crafting. It doesn't come with a pre- made business model it's not no. like opening up a hardware store where you can look at how that works you know I, at least on my end i am building and evolving my model as i go so yeah, how you're do build, you you're completely building it as you go yeah it's crazy how do you you know so so for your end like how do you how have you been able to make fake shore drive a business and how does that work and how does it happen for you you know it's a lot of uh like i said it's a lot of hard work it's a lot of sacrifice a lot of good decision making strategic partnerships you know this year has definitely been the best 2013 you know we've partnered with red bull like i said um we've we've um, partnered with ciroc so i'm an official brand ambassador for ciroc vodka um and i work with all of diddy's uh, properties i'm like the brand ambassador for you know the chicago market as far as in the digital realm um i've worked with nike i've worked with adidas i've worked with heineken um you know, I work with a lot of different brands yeah. and I'm, and I'm, and I'm happy to do so. Cause it's cool because, you know, they, they want to be a part of, they want to be a part of this and, and I'm happy to have, you know, some, some help from somebody and they, that's somebody that from a major company would believe in what we do to, to help, you know, grow that or whatever. So it's a lot of that. And then, um, you know, a big portion of the money comes from advertising. Um, you know, we, we are part of the Complex Media Network, which is owned by Complex Magazine, Complex Media Group, which is owned by Mark Echo. They sell all the ads, so I don't have to worry about it. You know, I don't have to go meet guys at a gas station with a bag full of money that want to buy an ad for a month. I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> so that's get, a kind of Heisenberg deal. Right, yeah. yeah. So I, I, get, I get checks in the mail um, now, so, and that's good. And there's just a lot of different avenues for revenue. You know, there's a lot. People want a partner to do concerts. Want, people want a partner to do events. You know, I've partnered with clothing lines. You know, we, got a, we have a little capsule collection coming out with Juggernaut uh, in a couple of weeks to celebrate our six years. So it's just doing creative ways. I mean, it's constantly trying new things, seeing what works, um, you know, not trying to take too much of a gamble on things. But, you know, like I said, you eat what you kill. So you got to get to hunting. Well, and, you know, with your partnerships that you're doing with these brands, you know, are you creating branded content with them? And, and you know, for anyone who doesn't know, branding content is something, you know, like where a blog will be like, oh, this article is presented by the Home Depot. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a different model than just when you hear a straight up um, advertisement on the radio for a brand where that's just that's produced by an ad agency or it's produced in-house by the brand. And that's just a straight up commercial. Now, in this day and age, it is a little bit of a different kind of scenario. You know what I mean? So how does the branded content or the, the partnerships really kind of work for, you know, and I'm not asking for you know, figures, but like, how do you go to a brand or have them come to you and create some kind of some 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 something that you can get paid for that they're happy with what form does right. that take i guess um you know like usually before you enter in the agreement there's some kind of contract drawn where they say okay i need you to do x x y and z and 
And any time that that situation is presented to me, I always go above and beyond. So, like, if Red Bull hires me to be a curator and there's three, three or four curators in six different cities, I'm going to be the best curator of all of the curators. I'm, I'm going to work much, that much harder than everybody else to make sure that my event is always the, pack, the most packed, sold out. It's the most unique. We got weird stuff going on. We got, you know, it's different. And that's, you know, what my goal always is. So anytime I do anything, you know, branded content-wise, I always try to make sure it's the best. And I think at times you do have to do things to make money, but at the same time you have to protect your brand. Because your brand, especially if you've, if you've nurtured it and worked on it and built it from the ground up and, and done it for many years, you know, you could, you could screw up and you could lose it quick. You could do something dumb or have some kind of partnership with somebody and things go bad. I mean, it's not necessarily always a career killer or a, the nail in the coffin, but, you know, you want to make good decisions. You and can't work just with accept the right all people. the money that's offered to you. No, you can't. You know, some of the best deals that I've done are the deals that I haven't done. Uh, you know, let's talk about the event space kind of a little bit more because that's something that you have, uh, you know, you have moved into, you know, and what are you doing with these events? You're like, you're curating the artists and the lineups or, you know, how does that kind of break down? Um, yeah, with the Red Bull thing, um, you know, I've curated events for Adidas and, you know, they, they come to, I, they ask me some ideas and, you know, they want to work with certain people and then I'll suggest maybe somebody else to get in there or work with and you know it's like okay you know well you know you want some art let's get Hebrew involved Hebrew Brantley sure. if you guys know who he is he's a pretty famous visual artist here so it's you know connecting the dots and bringing other people in to make it that much cooler and and picking the right people that can help um you know add value to anybody's event or anything um you know as far as Red Bull what I work on with them is Sound Select and it's a brand new initiative that they've done where they promote independent, you know, artists in different markets. So what we'll do is, you know, we have three or four different shows a year. We'll pick three local artists, people that I, that I think that I like or see that are kind of popping, put them on a show with a larger headliner. Um, some of the people we've had are Freddie Gibbs, Gunplay. We had Manny Fresh a couple months ago. And, you know, put these, these rising acts on a bill with a larger act, make it a really low price point to come in. You know, I pick what venue it's in. I pick the DJ. I pick who does the art. You know, Hebrew usually does the art for that. And, um, you know, kind of make it a cool night. Then it's super cheap. You know, it's usually 3 to $5. Right. So it's really cheap to come see these people that you would never usually, you know, that you usually have to pay $25, $30 to go see a lineup like this. No, we're making it, you know, for next five, to free. For next to free, basically. Yeah. We could do it for free, but people like value and a ticket. You know, because people feel more attached to it if they have to pay for it. If they it, pay you know three I mean? bucks, they're like, oh, I got to go to this because I paid. Right, exactly. Even <laughs> it's it was like, like three bucks. going to cost right. more. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we did the one at South by Southwest. We had Master P headline that. We had the cool kids there, Chance. So, you know, it's just kind of me putting together who I think would be a cool set or a cool show to see or a cool place to hang out. Along those lines as well, when you are bringing the blog into the event space, like you're talking like uh, South by Southwest and stuff, like, how do you know where to bring it outside of your home market? You know, you're not in Chicago, but then you're, you're going to go to some place like South by, like, how do you make the decision of like, this is worth paying to get out to, or, or you know, put, producing an event and doing all the work in a different city. Whereas maybe this music festival isn't. Well, I think if you, if you are trying to build a brand and you're working towards something, you know, sometimes you have to invest in yourself. Um, you have to spend money to make money. I mean, I know that that's a cliche term that people always say. But, man, if you have an opportunity to do something, get on a plane, go. 
you know what, if you have an opportunity and somebody says, you know what, I, I kind of want you to be here, I want to do this with you, I'm sorry, we don't have the money to pay you, but you're just starting out and you think it's going to be a good luck or a good opportunity, just go. Instead of buying Jordans or instead of buying a dope new jacket or spending money going, going and buying a bottle at a club one night, take that money and get a hotel room and get a flight somewhere and go see what it's all about. I mean, even if you're not necessarily participating it's just going there and the effort and seeing people and meeting people in different markets i mean some of the most successful things that i've done is just going to other places when i'm invited and i might have to spend some money to do it but at the same time i've made connections that have been priceless that you know i've made a connection somewhere and it may not have paid off immediately but three years down the line somebody says oh you know what I'm, we are we have a budget for something in chicago i remember when i met you at south by three years ago you know here's forty thousand dollars let's do something yeah. you know that doesn't happen all the time <laughs> but those, i'm just giving you an example of a scenario that could happen so you know a lot of times you know now more so people will pay to to get me places or pay to do stuff you know like the red bull thing that we did at south by southwest you know they gave me a budget and they said okay here pick what you here, do what you want to do yeah. This is your budget. This is your venue. This is the time. This is the date. Here's your money. Now figure it out. And is, you know, is something like that kind of the dream scenario in terms of getting to do yeah, absolutely. ultimately your blog, but, but have some like money and some support and some kind of like, uh, you know, yeah. spotlight and shine on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's hard. I mean, being a, having a blog isn't, you know, it, it can be lucrative, but you're not going to become a millionaire overnight. So it's nice when somebody believes in you and says, okay, we, we believe in your brand. We think what you guys are doing is cool. Let's help. Let's, let's partner on something. I mean, that's, that's, to me, that's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that that all really comes from impressions and relationships. And I know that Big Shore Drive, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about it in this interview, like the relationship side of things. And like, how do you kind of maintain that and nurture those relationships like you've done dynasty podcasts at least four or five times now and you've done it you know early on when some people knew about you and now it's like you're such a big deal you don't have to do this you know but you still do the podcast you know and yeah, not I'm everybody does do some people hit a certain point and they're just like they're too they're too big for everything yeah you know yeah well i mean you got you like i i said this earlier i'll say it again you know, remain humble um remain grounded always look out for the people that looked out for you. Um, you know, some people will come for, hey, I need a favor, 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 and that can be annoying. But there are people that helped you get to where you are and helped you out along the way, and don't forget about them. And don't, don't get super Hollywood and think that you're too big to do this or do that. Um, because with anybody that has success with anything, um, you, you started, you had to start from somewhere. You didn't just come into, you know, unless you were a, you know, Will Smith's kid. Right, exactly. You weren't just, <laughs> unless you were actually born into something like that, sure. you don't have, a, so you need to look out for the people that helped you get to where you were because you had to start from somewhere. And you need to remember that there were people, you know, you were in that position once. So some, some guy that's starting a blog that has a couple questions or something, a lot of times I'm happy to help as long as I have time and say, hey, you know, this is what I did. This is what you shouldn't do. And that's why I always go, I speak to students whether they're elementary school, middle school, high school, or college age, you know, a couple times or at least once a month to, you know, talk about my experience and what I've done because, you know, you know, knowledge is power and helping empower other people is a good thing. And, and, I, and I enjoy actually helping other people and, you know, spreading it. When, you know, when I took that first internship at um, 
Q101, the guy that hired me, I was like, man, thank you so much. You know, the guy that put the connection through, I was like, man, thank you so much. I appreciate you, you know, putting my name in. I got the job. Thank you so much. And what he told me is always stuck with me. He's like, pay it forward. Yes, absolutely. He said, pay it forward, man. He said, don't thank me, just pay it forward. And from that day on, I, I've, always, I've always done that. I've always thought that way. It's really important. And I think not everybody knows that because some people are kind of too big for that. They're too cool for that. But it's like, it, I, I think that connecting. It's a fickle business though, man. You can, be, you can be hot one day and then. You know, just connecting with like cool a younger audience. What's cool cool, ice cold the next. Yeah, taking care of your people. That keeps you, that keeps your boat floating too, you know? Yeah. So, you know, along those lines, you have relationships with a ton of great artists. You know, how, how, do, how do you go about selecting like, okay, you're somebody that I'm really going to put some time and effort into and, and I want to support you even if people haven't caught on. And then, you know, sometimes that really works out, right? Yeah. I mean, it can. Um, I think now it's, 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 it even becomes more tough and it's like more even cutthroat and like crazy because there are so many people that want to be rappers now or want to be artists. You know, I don't think, let's be clear. Everybody wants to be in the music business. Most people want to be in the music business. Yeah. People want to be in the music business. I mean, even Google wants to be in the music business now. You know, everybody wants to be in the music business. People that I never even like, people that I know from high school, like that, (laughs) That weren't even into music then or like like clown me because I listened to rap back in the day where like now they're like pushing their own artists on me. It's like this is this is crazy. You could walk outside and a rapper might fall off a building and hit you now. <laughs> and there's there's that many people. And you know, everybody wants to do it. And one of the things that I stress to people, and I will stress to you guys, is you don't just have to be the rapper. I'm not sure if anybody every anybody in here is an artist. Some of you guys might be artists. You don't have to be the rapper. You can be the person that has a podcast. You can be the blogger. You can be an engineer. You can work for the Grammy Foundation. I mean, there's a lot of ways to work in the music business without being the, the artist. That's one thing. Um, you know, number two, what was the question again? Hold on, I'm rambling. <laughs> now I'm just rambling on it. What was the question? It was, yeah. Uh, yeah, just how do you select these artists? Oh, and, the artist. you know, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, my bad. Um, <laughs> sometimes people just have it, man. Like, I'll give you an example. So when Chance came to, to my office for the first time, um, like, it was almost exactly two years ago. It was fall 2011, and he came to my office. My, I was so new in this office, I'd probably been in the office two weeks. I didn't have anything on my walls yet, nothing. And his manager, Matt, at the time brought him in, and, you know, he just walked in, and as soon as he came in the room, like, I'd never met him before. He, I think the only, he only had, like, one music video out. And it was just like, I just, you could just tell, like, yeah. how he, he was nervous, but, like, you could just tell. You were like, okay, this kid is a star. Like, I don't know what it is, and I, and I, and I, and I don't mean to say that I have the ability to say this person is a star. But sometimes but you can tell. Sometimes you can just tell. I yeah. mean, and especially if you've been a rap consumer for 25-plus years, you know what I mean? Like, I've seen people come and go, and I kind of see what works, and I see what will resonate with people, and I could just see it when he came in, you know? There's certain people that you can tell that this is going to take off. Like the Keith, the Chief Keith thing, you know, when, love him or hate him, I knew that was going to happen. Oh, I yeah. Knew, when I saw that and I saw what was going on, like, I, behind it and the traffic and the people that were talking about it. and First time I heard polarizing don't like. Thi- yeah. I'm like, like, I'm not the audience for this, but, man, I can, you, you can see the train coming. Yeah, I mean, this is out of here. Yeah. And I think, you know, you kind of have to have a talent to be able to, to see that. Um, you know, not everybody's going to be that, but then there are people that you can say, I, I don't think that this person is going to do it, but they do it. Yeah. But then there's, a, and then there's other people that you're like, I know this person can do it. And you know, you believe in them, you help, you know, mentor them a little bit or give them guidance and they do do it. 
And then some people get in, their foot in the door, and they fuck it up. But, you know, that's part of it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it is the, the most difficult business to break into and to remain relevant and to actually make money in. It's, it is damn near impossible. So let's ask this then. If it's so difficult, if it's so hard to make money, if it's so demonetized, if it's so cutthroat, if, if people are so shitty to each other so much, <laughs> why does everyone want to be in this business, man? I don't know. What are we doing? Is, why do I want to be in this? Like, it's like, I wish I was better at something. I was wish like, you could I, be coding. Yeah. It's like, I wish I was, like, good at trading stocks. Like, right. I wish I was, like, the number one blog truck. Got our Gold Coast condos. You know what and- I mean? Like, I'd be a lot more wealthy, but... Um, it's every just the most desirable business. People love everybody loves music. I think everybody in this room loves music. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. And it, it's one thing; it brings people together. Hip hop brings, or music in general, brings people of all different races, ages, colors, sexes together. It timestamps your life. I mean, you know, you will hear a song that you liked in high school, and it'll always take you back to that time. Memories are attached to music. Fun times are attached to music. Love is attached to music. I mean, so I think everybody has a feeling about music. And now with technology the way it is, it's created, it's let everybody become an armchair A&R or on Twitter where they have a voice and they can talk about this or talk about that. And just the technology to record or write or produce music now, it's so inexpensive. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, when I was in high school, you had to be a really good rapper or you had to have rich parents or you were a drug dealer because that's the only way you were getting into a studio to record because that was so expensive. You know, to go and record, you actually had to have, you know, you had the reel to reel, you had to have an engineer, you had to have a real engineer. I mean, you still have to have that now, but people can do a whole album on their MacBook now. Even on your iPhone. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. And if you were whack, like people would tell you back then, it was like, you're not, you're not going to, don't rap, you suck. Now it's like, I don't care if I suck. I'm just going to get up there. and Why not? Why not? Yeah, the entry has never been more open, right. for better or for worse, in all the creative industries. Which is good. I mean, it's great. It's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it's such an advantage to everybody out there. It's just harder to stand out. It's, it's a lot more flood. We got a couple more minutes before we, uh, I think, open it up to some questions. So let's kind of hit some of these final big topic questions, which uh, let's start with, you know, what have been, you know, one or a couple of the highlights of your time doing Fake Shore Drive, something where you're like, I can't believe I get to be in the room for this, or I can't believe I got to put this together or put this person on. Actually, one of the cool, happened this this week, um, I presented at the Global Spin Awards yeah. in New York City. What the Global Spin Awards is, it's like, well, tra- it's only the second year. Um, it's, it's supposed to be like the Grammys for DJs, right? Um, and it's like recognizing DJs, and it was in New York City. Um, I presented... Um, you know, I was on an esteemed group of presenters like Kendrick Lamar presented, Swizz Beats presented, who else presented? That was Jeremiah, um, Kid Capri, all these like people that are, and then, you know, and I'm not comparing myself to them at all because I'm not on that level at all. But just to be in the same room with these people, and you know, I'm sitting next to D Nice, who I don't know if you guys know who D Nice is. He's a DJ now, but like he he was one of my favorite rappers as a kid, and like I'm sitting next to him now, and. I'm meeting Big Daddy Kane, and I'm meeting Marley Mall and Pete Rock and Primo and Drew Ha from, uh, from Duck Down Records and, like, all these people that I just idolized as a kid that I never in my life thought I would ever meet. And they're like, yo, man, we're a big fan of your music. We, you know, keep doing what you're doing in Chicago. We love blah, blah, blah. Like, that was amazing that I just was able to present and be and share a room and be recognized along, you know, these other people that were in there and, you know, talk to somebody like Swiss Beats or... You know, talk to somebody like Kendrick, and right. It's just it was, it was mind blowing. I never thought that it, that would ever happen. You know, especially just writing a blog. 
you know, that, that was amazing. That happened this week. And then um, I would say before that, when Twister got me a birthday cake. Like that oh was like the craziest gosh. thing ever. Because I grew up a little bit. That's amazing. One of my favorite rappers ever. And it was like, he's like, yo, man, come out. Because our birthdays are around the same time. He's like, let's celebrate our birthdays together. I mean, he's like, a okay. legend. You know, I just thought they were, they were basically just inviting me to his birthday party. Right. When I came, they had a cake for me with the logo on it and everything. I was like, okay, this is like, this is pretty cool. That's, that's that was like Yeah, I was like, I was like a rap dork at that point. I was like a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... um Again, like kind of looking at the big picture, blogging is so ubiquitous. We've talked a lot about what you're doing to stand out, but kind of like, what what's the plan? Like, how how do you view Fake Shore Drive going forward, and how do you make it stand out as as more and more of everything becomes competition? Snapchat is competition for Twitter, bad everything, anything, yeah. eyeballs on anything, ears on anything is now competition. You know, keep it fresh, man, and don't, you know. Don't forget where you came from or how you got there or what got you there. You know, a lot of times people get complacent. They see some success and they get complacent. But now I'm hungrier than ever. Like, you know, I want to continue to keep doing this. Like, a lot of people get to a certain place and they get, they get lazy. And they're like, okay. I've arrived. But, I've, I've done this But as hard years. as you work to get there, somebody's working twice as hard to take your spot. Yeah. Because somebody wants your spot and somebody will find a way to take your spot. So don't get lazy. Don't, don't fall back. Don't. Think that it you can you won't fall off because you can you will stay hard work as hard as you ever have maintain relationships make great decisions be nice to people um, call your parents yeah man I mean, that, ask them that, for advice that answered my next question which was going to be like what would you you know kind of my final question before we open up to the audience was going to be like what would you tell high school college age students looking to to do the blogging industry or or to break into the music industry and support music and I think. I think you just summed it up really, really succinctly <laughs> right there, man. I, I really um, do. Well, it's just, you know, stay, always don't just put all your eggs in one basket. You yeah. Know, don't, and don't quit something or don't, you know, don't do something until you're ready. You know, a lot of people are like, screw college, you know, and some people can't say screw college and they'll be okay. But at the same time, you need that backup plan. So I, I suggest to people that are in school, keep at it. Don't quit because you think you're going to be a famous rapper. You might be a famous rapper. That might work out. But at the same time, you know, you need to have a plan B if it doesn't work out. And a lot of people put their, their whole game plan is to be, I want to be a rapper. Yeah, but what if that doesn't work out? Well, it is going to work out. Well, okay. Just humor me, though. Just humor what me. What if it isn't? What if it doesn't? Yeah. Because there are other things that you can do. You could be a producer. You can be an engineer. You can be... Um, you know, a manager, there are other ways to do it. So just think about that, you know, cause it's not going to work out for everybody. And, and it, it's having a plan B it's working hard, making good decisions is, is, is the most important. And, you know, and know that you don't know everything. Yes. I think that's, I think that's so always be key. learning, always Absolutely. be learning. And if, you know, somebody gives you the opportunity to pick their brain, you know, pick their brain, ask questions, ask questions, man. And, 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 I think, you know, that, that's at least what, what helped me get to, you know, where, where I am, which, you know, it's okay, but you still want to go even higher and, 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 you know, hopefully this is only the beginning, but, you know. I know it is, man. And let's, let's cut to the audience on that note. Okay. Of okay. Sorry. I'll stop blabbing. I'll stop, I'll no, stop blabbing. Sorry, absolutely, man. It's all good stuff. And I just think that it's such a great entry into having the audience ask questions. So I know that we have set this up. We've got a great audience here in the Chicago Grammy U office, but if anyone has any questions, really, we encourage you, feel free to step up here because this is your chance to do what Andrew just advocated is ask questions from somebody who has some tremendous insight and yeah, don't be shy. In his Please, no, there's no stupid questions. 
Okay, yeah, let's oh, do the, the Twitter questions. Do you want to get on the mic? So we have we have a question coming first. Uh, how important do you think uh, owning your own domain name, name is versus a Tumblr or... Buy it. Buy your domain. I know you love Tumblr. You can't monetize Tumblr. Buy your domain. Run, run it that way. Number one, very important. Tumblr is awesome. It's cool. It's easy. It, it's, it's easy to get follows. There's hot girls on there or hot guys, whatever you're into. Um, but it's, you can't monetize it, period. Monetize it. Make money on what you're doing. Second question is, what bubbling artist in Chicago are you most excited about right now? Um, I like, okay. I like this group called Leather Chords. And that's Cami De Chukwu and uh, Joy Perp. I really am excited to hear what they have coming up. Um, I like Lucky X a lot too. All right, cool. Well, if anyone in here wants to come up and ask a question, which again, man, like this is your opportunity to pick Andrew Barber's brain and be on a Dynasty podcast. Uh, we got the microphone right here. Uh, hi, my name is Samuel Forrest. And uh, when you started blogging, what was the best way to get into contact with? celebrities and other people that you wanted to interview um so <laughs> what i did was man and this is we're going back in time I, I, I went online and there was like there's like a website i don't remember the name of it where you can you could buy like a thousand business cards for 200 dollars or something ridiculous like that and so i bought like just all these business cards and i would go to every event that was going on every night like monday night tuesday night wednesday night thursday night friday saturday night any kind of hip-hop related event and I would pass out and this is ridiculous because some of those cards are still floating around they have my well it was my my phone number then it's different now my home address my email <laughs> and like all my information on here's there. my bank pin card yeah, here's everything <laughs> yeah. and um I would just go and I would pass it out to every every single person in there and it was it was like so uncomfortable it was so awkward because like people were like who the, who is this white kid coming up to me trying to talk to me I'm like I'm people are like trying to have a drink at the bar and I'm like hey you know I'm trying to start a rap blog like la 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 send me some music they're like you want me to send you music for free so you can give it away for free on your website they're like are you're you insane high? yeah get 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 away from me but eventually like some people would like say you know let's check this out let's see and they would send it over um, and then. Also, like MySpace, because that was the only thing around then. I just used to hit people up on MySpace. I was a creepy dude that would be in people's inboxes. Like, yo, can I please have an interview? Just give me 15 minutes. Just give me 15 minutes, and I'd have to, like, hit people up continuously. And then, you know, eventually one per you'll meet one person. Um, they, strangely enough, and this is hilarious, the person that first, like, looked out for me and had my back was Bump J. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know who Bump J is. He's in jail for bank robbery now. But he was, like, the man, like, 10 years ago. He still is the man. He's awesome. But he robbed a bank. He had, like, a million-dollar record deal with Atlantic Records, and he was, like, a gangster, as gangster as they come. Like, he yeah. was a true street dude. But he was, like, the first person to reach out and, and believe in what I did. And, you know, him and his brother, Shake introduced me to, like, No ID and Legendary Trackster. And through them, I met Twista. And, like, you know, so just, like, you, you meet, you know, one door opens another, which opens up a window, which, you know, opens up the garage. And then next thing you know, you're just chilling in the house, so. Cool. Looks like we got another one. Name is Larry McDonald. Uh, my question is, uh, where do you think uh, Chicago music is going in terms of uh, specifically R&B? Um, man, you know, I think a lot more people want to be rappers and R&B singers because, you know, it's not everybody can sing. And a lot of times people are singing, but they're just using autotune. Um, I would love to see the Chicago R&B music scene get bigger. I mean, you know, You've got a lot of people, you know, Jeremiah is, you know, his album slated to come out next year. 
Um, and I, you know, I think he has some exciting stuff coming along. I just, I wish, I hope more people are able to come in and, and attempt to do that. And for whatever reason, I, I just hope that, you know, more of these guys, you know, come out of the woodwork or girls or anybody that wants to participate in the R&B scene, you know, I hope it bubbles it right now. It's, you know, it's, it, Doing a little bit, but I want to see it. You know, do what like the rap scene did. And just... It's it's starting to come up though. Like yeah, I know yeah, in the yeah, last yeah. couple of weeks, we've had the Omis and the Whoever's uh, on Dynasty podcasts, and you know, like they're not specifically just straight up R and B, but there's elements to that in their music, right. and, and I think it's the, coming up. The, the the genres, the walls of the genres of music are all coming down. Now. Oh yeah, everything's you know, everything. It's you can't. It's post regional as they call it now because you can't tell where anything comes from anymore. But you know, we'll see. How's it going, Andrew? My name is Mark. How you doing? And um, I was I was gonna like you are like the realest speaker I've ever engaged in. Like you you tell it like it's it's almost impossible to get into the music business. And a lot of times, like I encounter people and they're like, oh, you know, like people can make it, but you nail down that it's very hard. So can you tell us a little bit about your daily grind and what you go through every day so that you can achieve the success that, like you have right now? Thank you. That's that's a very nice compliment. I'm glad that you enjoyed that. Thank you, man. That's 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 deep. But um, yeah, I mean, it, and I don't I don't mean to make it seem like it's completely impossible because it is doable. And I and I am the first person I'll tell you you can achieve your dreams. You can make anything happen. You just have to be one of the people that are willing to give up a lot, sacrifice a lot, work harder than anybody else, um, and and you know just have that passion to to want to outwork everybody but you know my daily grind is I get up like I have a job you know I try not to sleep I used to go out a lot more I don't really go out as much as I used to um I used to go out and be out all night and party and that I can't get anything done if I do that I'm I'm, I'm worthless in the morning um my day's gonna start late you know I guess that just comes with maturity because I can't hang with the, with the cool kids anymore but um you know it, it's it is you know people love to say no sleep People were like, man, I don't get no sleep, man. I'm just grinding all night. It's like, dude, get some sleep. <laughs> Seriously, get some, get some sleep. It is okay to not be up till 7 a.m. every night. Like, get some sleep, get a clear head, and, and you'll get up. I get up early. I, get, I mean, I'm not super early, but I'm, I'm, I'm up and moving by 8.39, and I don't know if that's even that early. I mean, but some people, Somebody's I know a lot, gonna be like, a, lot of a lot of people in, in the music business, they'll wake up at noon or 1 o'clock every day. Um, but I, I get up, I get moving, I get to work. You know, I work from home for, excuse me, I work from home for a few hours. I used to go into the office. During the day, I try not to take, I take some meetings. I don't take a ton of meetings because unless it's like a meeting that it needs to be taken, because a lot of times meetings waste time. And I hate to say that because a lot of times people want to take meetings, but they actually just want to come hang out. And the next thing you know, three hours of your day is gone. And then that three hours I could have been working. So like now it's like, it's weird. I'm at a weird place now where I'd rather like work than hang out. I don't know, maybe I'm completely insane, but it's like now, like the stuff that, that I used to care about is not important to me anymore. You know, I'm, I guess because I'm old, I'm married, like I'm, I'm not out having to do all that anymore. So it's like, I'm just super focused and like, I want to keep building. And I know that time is of the essence. We only have, we all have the same, you know, 24 hours in the same day, but it's like, what, what are you going to do with it? And I try to always be working or working on something. So it's like that, you know, I might have a dinner meeting or a meeting with somebody or a meeting with an artist or a brand or something like that um, at night. And then, you know, it's, you know, relaxing, trying to, you know, hang out with the family and, and do that because that's also very important and something that you may not have a lot of time to do as, as things, you know, progress. You, you see your loved ones a lot less and less. So. I mean, I saw something, it's so like in line with what you're saying, I saw something on actually Tumblr and it was just some like JPEG or something that just said, 
Beyonce has the same 24 hours in a day that you do. Yeah. And it's like, it's really yeah, true. I heard Diddy say that, and I was yeah. like, you know what? You are right, because, <laughs> you know. Nobody's buying extra hours. You can't buy any extra hours. Right. But, like, there are, peop- there are, <laughs> there are things that you, you can do, you know, to, 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 to use your time more wisely. Absolutely. Um, and if there's something that you really want to do, dedicate yourself to it. Throw everything into it. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, you gave it a shot. Yeah. Like we got another it's, better than, it's better to try than not have, that have even tried, but also be realistic about it. Hi, my name is Sarah, and hey. my question is, how do you deal with copyright issues on your blog, and what would you tell aspiring bloggers um, what to do in terms of, like, pl- posting links or... Oh, like, so, question. like, posting yeah. like MP3s yeah, like and stuff? Um, luckily, I deal with mostly independent artists, um, for the most part, or artists that are on labels um, that don't have... Um, you know, they're, they're just putting out mixtapes. Like, most of the stuff, most of the artists we, do, we work with are independent com- or artists coming up. So it's free stuff. They're giving it away for free for anyway. Uh, for any- anyway. But some people, like, you know, I have got a few C&Ds, which are cease and desist letters from labels for posting stuff. You know, Def Jam is, is universal is, like, really on that. Like, you post a Big Sean song. You will get a note about it. You post a Kanye song, you might. You, so, you know, but usually they go after now more so than anything. They go after the file sharing sites. So they'll go after SoundCloud or they'll go after Audio Mac or, you know, Mega Upload, which they took them down a few years ago. But it's crazy. More and more now, that stuff doesn't happen. It was more common like two or three years ago. Now every label is just putting out everything for stream anyway. So it's like when a label releases a single, they're going to put it on SoundCloud for free. But then you got to go on iTunes to buy it. And, you know, if they just want to make it available for stream only, that's all we're going to put it as is stream only. So it's just, you know. And you have a lot of the labels now who are just straight up sending you the links. Sometimes the labels will send the links and then you'll get a C and D the same day. It's like, yo, the labels, Def Jam sent me this to put up. Nobody why are knows. You, why, is, why is the lawyer on my ass right now? Like, yeah. <laughs> Def Jam sent it to me, but. You know, it's 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 a cat and mouse game, but we don't put like full albums up for download. You know, we try to respect the labels and respect the artists and make sure that if they are selling it, it's just available. It's only it's stream only. Good to hear you speak. My name is Keenan. How you and, doing? Um, man? I'm good. I just wanted to know, like, because I feel similar as to putting blood, sweat, and tears into the craft that I got, and like likewise with you. But my question is, do you guys have like a blacklist that you guys like just don't? Uh, excuse my language, fuck with certain people based on certain events. Like, is there like a blacklist with Fake Sure? Is there a blacklist? No, there's people I don't care to work with ever again. You know what I mean? There's not like a black, there's not like a, like a wall with people's names crossed out on it. It was just, not like, a, there's not, like, you, must be, you, you must be asking about a specific situation. Yeah. Am I right? Definitely. Okay, what are you asking about? Okay, well, it was one situation back when I was a freshman. I put out like my first video and, uh, I guess I was going by a name that another artist had. Okay. And then he came at me on Twitter, like, you know, he said, uh, people like you should kill themselves and such stuff like that. And I'm like, wow. This that's is, a, that's. You, you remember what I'm talking about? I don't remember the exact well, situation. The but I'm na- sorry, I shouldn't have even asked you. I'm sorry. That's probably, I don't yeah. want to, I don't mean to put you on. I was just curious. If it was no, like, it was cool because I kind of wanted to talk about it because with that, uh, I have other artists with my, you know, brand. Mm-hmm. And, he came, one of my artists come to me and saying, well, because of what happened between you and him, the relationship that he had with you uh, diminished any chances of us being on your Okay, side. so they're saying that because I have a friendship with an artist that said that's, that's completely 
that's not that would never okay. happen. Well, People come up with the most they come up with crazy, crazy dude. I've heard. Yeah. Let me tell you, I've heard it all. <laughs> People have come up with the most wacky scenarios of things, yeah. and I, I've been reading. Somebody tagged me on Facebook that I blacklisted them, and I don't post their videos, and I let everybody in the city know that. I don't, like I've never, unless you hear it from me or you hear it from Ty, it's not yeah. true. Okay. Um, the only time that anybody would be blacklisted if they were like at Fake Shore Drive or they somehow get my number and they're like threatening me, which people have done before. But other than that, no, it's that would that would never happen. So, yeah, <laughs> you can tell her. You can you can just play this for them, and now they believe you. Thank Hi, you Andrew. for coming. Hey, My what's up, Mike? Uh, quick question about branding in the early stages of Fake Shore Drive. You know, can you kind of walk me through your thought process and uh, developing Fake Shore Drive, and what you know, did you did it change from your initial idea uh, of what it would be? Yeah, uh, that's a good question because when you first start out, like I didn't. I had an idea that I just wanted to cover like Chicago things, but I hadn't really figured it out yet. You know what I mean? I didn't, I hadn't really completely wrapped my head around what it was going to be. And it takes time. Like, you know, as, as you said, oh, yeah. you, you're building it as you go. So you're, you're taking, you know, something that hasn't been done before and you're just kind of building the dock as you walk out on it. Um, but I, I knew that when I started it, it has to be something catchy and it has to be something easy for people to remember. It also has to be something that's marketable. You're not going to want to start a site called kissmyass.com, okay? Just brands aren't going to want to mess with you because they can't mark. They don't want to attach their name to something ridiculous like that. So, oh, even if you're starting out small and you're very much unknown, keep all this stuff in your head. You know, always think on, a, even if you're very small, think like you're big, you know? So think like, okay, even though there's 100 people coming to my site every day, that's it. Um, but think like there's a million people. Think that you might have a, a deal on the table with somebody. Treat that even if you have 11 Twitter followers. Don't be completely ridiculous all day long on Twitter because people are watching and people will go back and look at that. You saw the tweets that came up with certain rappers were dissing, you know, record labels or whatever, of labels that they're on now. So, you know, people, that stuff can come back to haunt you. But as far as branding, I wanted to make sure it was something that people were, could easily remember. And it wasn't like, a, it, it was the cool name. Fake Shore Drive has been a very controversial name because people are like, oh, what is fake? Are you saying we're fake? Is this fake? Or no, it was just a play on words. I mean, that's all. I was hung over in my apartment one day and it just popped in my head. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then it just ran with it. But it's always been a topic of conversation because people don't know what it means. And they think there's a lot more behind it. But that's in, in all actuality, that, that's all it was. It was just it was an easy, catchy name. And then the logo, you never forget the logo. It's easy. I mean, it's just making things, and I, and I truly believe with my blog, I try to make everything as easy as possible. I don't make people click 100 places to find one story. It's give people the content as easy as possible, make it not hard for them to find. This question's for both of you. Um, blogging by its very nature is very subjective. At what point do you think that your opinions um, interfere with what you're writing? Um, a lot of times I, I don't like really critique things that much. I kind of let the people, you know, either on Twitter, like our comment section used to be crazy, but now people don't really comment as much as they used to. Now people more comment like on Twitter or on Facebook about things. You know, music is subjective. Everything is subjective. And that's why, you know, I'm constantly get people saying things. Well, I know I'm better than everybody that you post on, our, on your site. Everybody you post sucks. I'm great. Like, screw you. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, I get that a lot. You don't know what you're talking about. He's an idiot, blah, blah, blah. It's fine. But music is always subjective. It is. And just because you think something is good doesn't mean I think something is good. And just because I think something is good um, doesn't mean that you will. So it, it's finding a balance there. You know what I mean? So 
a lot of times I, I just kind of put the music up and let people, you know, do with it what they will. If they want to bash it, they can. I'm not going to get on some, online and just bash somebody. I'm just not going to. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said, man. I think that, yeah, it, it's it's just too. There's too many people that just want to sit on the internet and argue all day, and that's it. Like, who has the time? I mean, people do, and I, you know, you could if that's your shtick, but it's not mine. Yo, um, I go by the name of Young Wolf. I'm a rapper. But uh, I was going to ask you, I put together an EP, and I released it in August called Blue Flamingo, and I don't have a manager, but, like, I was able to put together a listening party and just get it out to blogs and stuff like that. So I was going to ask you, how important do you think a manager is, really? I don't think, and this is, again, everything I've said tonight is completely subjective, so it's not gospel at all, but I don't think you need a manager until you cannot manage yourself anymore. I think a lot of times people think a manager can do that, everything for you, but a lot of times they really can't. Sometimes a manager can actually hurt you. I'm a true believer in learning everything from the ground up, so knowing what you do, knowing what you're signing, knowing what you're looking at, knowing, just knowing everything. And I mean, I, and I get that part of the illusion of being a rapper or being an artist is looking cool, like you're, you're, you're above, you know, I, I'm the, I need to concentrate on my art. But at the same time, you can get industry lazy, and that's what I call a, what a lot of people are, um, especially like rappers that were around um, in the 90s or early 2000s. A lot of them are lost now because it's a, a lot of these guys, they're no longer on the majors anymore. They're, they're trying to play the independent game, but they were so out of touch with everything that they did, they don't know what's going on. They weren't in the meeting. They're, oh, I'll let my manager handle that. They weren't, they weren't looking at the contracts. Oh, I'll let, you know, my attorney handle it. He'll handle that. He doesn't need to go over it with me. I just want to go. I want to just go party or I want to go just, you know, hang out or do whatever. But I believe, you know, people were in, become industry lazy. Don't, be, don't let yourself become industry lazy. Know everything. Know every, cross every T, dot every I. I'm a busy person. I don't have a manager. I don't have an assistant. I want to be involved in every decision that's made. I, I, you know. Like I said, if it doesn't come from me, it doesn't come from Ty, it doesn't come from, you know, it, it's, not, it's not a true thing or it's not happening. And, and I think that even if um, you are an artist, be involved in everything. Even if you do have a manager, look at everything, know everything, be engaged in everything because, you know, people will pull fast ones on you. Not to say that that happens all the time, but you just need to always know what's going on um, and work, work as an artist until you can't do it anymore. And then, and then eventually, if you need a manager, people will be beating down your door to manage you. That's my, that's my advice. I mean, you know, once people, you'll, eventually you'll, if, you know, things progress, you'll have managers beating down your doors. It should be them coming to you, not you going to them. That's my opinion. And then uh, I actually had two more questions. My okay. second question was, when I'm sending out uh, info to blogs, let's say your blog, do you like I have people or I'll have somebody do a write-up about the song, like a paragraph or two, and then I'll send that to the blog, it's like kind of, you know, summarizing would you rather you think blogs just have it so you listen and then you get to think? No, come uh, up with definitely your own. summarize, include as much information. You know, you don't really need to write eight paragraphs um, and copy and paste. You know, but but definitely and put some thought into it. Make sure you have professional pictures or professional artwork. Include a SoundCloud link or an Audio Mac link so the the blogger doesn't have to download it, then upload it to their own. You know, make it easy as possible for them. And just make it a presentation. I mean, you know, you want to be seen for the world, but make sure you're giving your best foot forward. I mean, I, I get stuff all the time that's just, there's just no thought put into it and there's, there's no presentation. And that is important because you are marketing yourself. You know, take the time to figure it out and don't roll it out until you're ready. I, I say, you know, I always say to artists, 
let the blogs chase you, don't chase the blogs. I know you had to start somewhere, but it's like, man, really get your following up first and get the people around you, get your, your peers. I mean, at your age now is the best time. You have the biggest networks. High school and college, you have the biggest networks. You have the biggest, oh gosh, the most so people valuable. around you. So valuable. Once you touch 30, that dries up. You know, people get married, have kids, buy houses, move to the suburbs. Like, now you have a lot of uh, potentially engaged people around you. Utilize that. You know, you're in school, wherever. You, you, you know there's a guy in a certain class that's a music video director. This person does beats. This person does graphic design. Pool your resources and, and build a team and work together. Okay. And then my third question, how do you feel about um, features? Because uh, I know a lot of artists, I guess you could say, in Chicago that you could say are higher up than me or ahead of me right now. How do you feel about features? Because I could do features, but I feel like it's just not, it really, it would benefit oh, me in okay, some are ways. Not, like, but, are you saying paid features? Well, it's like I will pay King Louis $3,000 for a verse. Is that what you're saying? That, like that? No, that's something that I don't ever <laughs> want to do. But <laughs> just like... Um, Okay, so is it? Do you think you need to collab with people? Like, do you need to stalk somebody that might be a level head of you that you see to do a feature? Features are important, um, but don't let the other artists that features you don't rely on them to try to get you placement because they might get you one placement, then you may never get another placement. And don't let them outshine you on your same track. If you can't outdo the person that you brought in as a feature, don't do it because it makes you look like a clown. That's just my opinion. Yeah, that was it. Thank you. All right, man. Thank you guys so much. For being part of this, uh, for Grammy U off the record, how blogs influence the music industry, featuring Andrew Barber of Fake Show Drive. Let's give it up for him right now. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Um, Thanks for coming out. I hope it's been beneficial. Yeah. My name is Haima Black. This is Dynasty Podcast. Thank you to the Grammy U office for hosting yeah. us today. Thank you. Thank you, Layla Royale, for producing this interview. And thank you guys again for being here and being part of this. This has been Dynasty Podcast at Grammy U Off the Record, How Blogs Influence the Music Industry, featuring Andrew Barber of Fake Shore Drive. Thanks to Grammy U for hosting us at their Chicago office, to Layla I. Royale for producing this podcast, and to Andrew Barber of Fake Shore Drive for being on the show. You can find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Haima Black, Dynasty Descend. <laughs>